Guten Tag, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a new episode of the Football Ramble. It's Monday the 6th of July and I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Andy Brassel. And I am Jim Campbell. When the weekend finishes, the football ramble begins, ladies and gentlemen. It is the pick-me-up we all need. How are you doing, Messrs. Brassel and Campbell? Good, mate. You? Marvellous. Excellent, thank you. I feel so much less tense not having to go last on the on the register. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I've not worked out the flourish yet, but Jim's was very, I'm Spartacus! Yes. Yeah. Headliner. So, <laughs> last that person. Are you calling me the Sultans of Ping FC? Sorry, nineties <laughs> reference for everyone out there. Don't you worry, Andy. Don't you worry. Nineties references will not stop there, my friend. I feel in this show. Um, I'd like to begin by talking about those Saints, not the Utah Saints, but the uh, the Saints of Southampton beating Manchester City one nil. Yeah, that, ladies and gentlemen, is how you defend deep in numbers in a narrow fashion. That, yes. that is how you score a first ever Premier League goal. Oh, I mean, wow. come on. He's been saving that up. Big he change. Really has. My, he, he shares the same birthday as me, which is coming up soon, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not going to say the date. <laughs> they need to do the research. I'm not mm. going to, you know. Um, but yes, Jay Adams uh, with with a, uh, 40 yards. Was it 40 yards? It's, yeah, it's got to be knocking 40, isn't it? Yeah. It's, um, do you think it was, there was a lot of talk of this in commentary. Do you think it was a bit of a sort of tactical spot from Hasenhutl to see like, that that space does open up sometimes. Mm-hmm. If we if we kind of target this, maybe we'll get a bit of joy. Because it. Yeah, I think so. Uh huh. I, I think love, so. I love that. Yeah. That's like proper espionage level <laughs> goal. That. That's like a Ocean's Eleven goal. Is that what we're calling tactics now? Espionage. Yeah. <laughs> is, is that what English football analysis is? Yeah. <laughs> These, is uh, so, so if we've got a little sort of hierarchy of ne'er do wells, we've got. Uh, yeah. Sergio Ramos. Yeah. Then above that, we've got drug cheats. Then we have people who do tactics yeah, at the very top. Uh, right, okay. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it's, yeah. it should, it's all about passion, isn't it? That's how you... <laughs> what football is. Is it is it like a cold war? If yeah. you sort of you know you want to play long boy, they're playing tiki tacker. That is a cold war. Damn it all, ladies and gentlemen. I know that phrase is out of fashion now. Was it ever in fashion, ladies and gentlemen? Perhaps only to a few of us. Um but yes, one nil to the old Saints. Um a, a brilliant goal. And they were closing Manchester City down and they, they call uh Hassan Hootl, or we've heard him referred to as the uh, the Alpine Klopp. Mm. Um, and Klopp certainly knows how to have a go at Pep Guardiola's size. I mean, he didn't the other day, but, you know, less than about that, the better. As one or two people uh, <laughs> mentioned on Twitter, were Man City partying too much after that Liverpool yeah. win? You know, so therefore there was a bit of a hangover in this game. But but they did, they, they, they closed them down. I don't know what you mean, Jim, that that kind of thing is targeted. And if it, you know, the percentages... Off. Well, but it, the percentages are so small. Mm. It's like someone sitting around the table going, right, red 17. Red yeah, seventeen, completely. It's going to come up red seventeen, and of course you'll you, you'll you'll lose most of the time. But when you win, you win big, baby. Yeah, absolutely, and you look like you can predict the future. <laughs> it's uh, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's it was uh, it felt like a cup game, didn't it? it did it was like mm. the teams because it was on the BBC forgot that it wasn't a cup game. <laughs> and just went at it like it was. It what yeah. a performance from Southampton as well though. Like it, they they really did just defer, like revert to being just 10 mm. defenders on the pitch and Ings and, and Adams were were instrumental in in kind of like being the outlets for the 
for what was behind them. And obviously, Jack Stevens was was man of the match, and he was he was fantastic. But also, Carl Walker Peters put in a big performance. Um, McCarthy James made Ward, some really Krause, good saves. He yeah. really did. Yeah, they were all so focused. And I wouldn't pick that because I know the feeling is um, as, as Southampton that. McCarthy will probably be gone at the end of the season and and they need a new goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Now of course Joe, that, Joe Hart. There we go. Yeah. There we go. That that one game shouldn't change that, I don't mm. think. Um mm. but you know, if it's a, a, a way to sign off, it's a pretty good way to sign off, right? Well, it's not too shabby, Andy. But you're right, Jim, it did feel like a cup final and Manchester City really didn't want to lose. Of course they didn't want mm. to lose, but they really, really didn't. And and it was just it shows you again what you can do now without Aguero, okay. But you know they've got enough in there. Defend deep in numbers. Yes, they've got the lead, so mm. there's a difference there. You, you know the, yes. the, the thing's got to go for you. It's all very well saying, so, well, that's how you should defend. Well, if you're two nil down, there's no point in doing that because the game's gone. But you get the lead to defend that resolutely. A little bit of good fortune as, as 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 one would need. You look at the squads for crying out loud, and and they defended so well, and it was everybody on the line, and that's why it looked like a cup final at the time. Yeah, absolutely. It was just uh, it was a siege mentality from the off. Wasn't yes, it? which it, is. Uh, it's, it's so impressive when a team actually pulls that off. And I tell you what, I think this has been the best use of the fake crowd noise that we've yet seen. I agree. Because it really pumped it up, didn't it? it? Did, and it there was did. a point where they thought Southampton had got a second one and pressed the wrong button. But I love that. <laughs> oh, well, that's to be expected. <laughs> no, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm into it. Yeah. I, like, I like the idea of a crowd getting it wrong. Mm. It was the first game I watched where I thought, oh, I think I pre... No, I don't, I don't hate the crowd noise, actually. I think I started off as a bit of a sceptic mm. on that. And I think, well, fair enough, if that's, your, if that's how... You, you watch these games, then fair enough. The mistakes are funny. The mistakes are yeah. enjoyable. I, yeah. I, I, what was the game the other day where a, a ball, a, there was a shot that hit the side netting, and they did the yeah. Oh, that's happened a few yeah. times, and it went on for slightly too long before they went. Ooh. I think Chelsea. I think <laughs> yeah, I think it might have been Chelsea Watford. Uh, there was Chelsea Man City. I think it happened. Right. Okay. Yeah, Mason Mount. I think. Yes, that's right. It's happened. It has happened a few times. Um, but Andy, what do you think of Manchester City? Pep is at a loss as to why they've lost nine games this nine. season. That's a, I think that's well, more than Arsenal. We, we, can, we can tell him here and now. His team keep giving away absolutely horrendous goals. <laughs> I mean, it, it really is that simple. You know what? I, th- I think to frame it like that for Manchester City, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think he's right because it's it's like one of those things when people look at the, the numbers from a game and, um, you know, one team's won 4-0 and the other's had more shots. Mm-hmm. But maybe they've had all those shots after the fourth goal. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it doesn't really mean anything. Mm-hmm. The, the, the fact that however many games City lose in the Premier League between now and the end of the season, they're still highly probable to finish second. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't matter. And it hasn't mattered for a, a long time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been about the, the cup and, and overall the, the, the Champions League. Yeah, isn't well, that sort of kind of um, kind of contrary to Guardiola's style, though? The idea that everything matters and that it's all about creating this precise way of playing that is mm. just like that you can tack onto every game and use to just overwhelm opponents. Yeah, I mean, I think I feel it... like a drop in a drop in intensity. Which, to be fair to City, I don't think they actually showed. No, Southampton were just incredible, um, but, but still, they didn't find a way through. Is kind of he's going to look at that and surely think, well, mate, what if what if we lose the first game of next season? You know, how I need to address it. Oh yeah, it'll piss him off. There's mm. there's absolutely no doubt about that. A lot and pisses him off, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, he's he's, he's an intense gentleman. Oh yeah, but I, I think when you he always talks about the worst mistake of his his coaching career being when in his first season at Bayern he said. Away at Barcelona? But he said, for us, the, the, the league is over. Um. And then, accordingly, 
they have that little 5%, 10% drop in intensity. They play really poorly in the Champions League semi-final against Real Madrid where they they lose away despite having, what, 75% of the ball. Oh, yeah. And then they're absolutely hammered in the return at, at, at the Allianz. So it will matter to him. But as you say, Jim... I, I don't. I don't think the intensity has dropped with Manchester City. What I do think, though, is that it is just painful how the faults in the team are becoming more and more obvious, and and that's clear that they've got a big summer ahead of them. How that's going to pan out, whether they're in the Champions League or not, we we don't know. But that has been the big difference, hasn't it, between them and Liverpool this season? Mm. The fact that City have to play well and defend better than normal to win a game mm-hmm. or play exceptionally well yeah. sometimes to win a game. Liverpool don't. Liverpool can grind games out as well. Mm. And I've seen people say, well, Liverpool are actually less fun than they were last season yeah. and, the, and, and the season before because they have that ability to grind that maybe wasn't there well, a, the a switched, couple of years ago. The way you tighten up the defence clock is... is absolutely magnificent for mm. a manager to have his obvious sort of philosophies and so on and then be able to to, to turn it like that yeah and still by and large keep it i understand they might not be as swashbuckling but i mean you, you, can't, you can't do everything you know and clearly the results uh, and the trophies speak for themselves for an established coach like that yes. to evolve in the way that Klopp it, it, has it, it is, is incredible it is simply magnificent yeah. um who do you who do you think's who do you think in full flow is the more pricklier Klopp or Guardiola? Because Klopp can be a bit underrated with the old prickles, as we saw the other night, although it was to Jeff Shrees, and I know that's been talked about. But yeah. Guardiola, as we know, can be a little bit salty. I think I think it's Pep. He's a little... Do you think? Yeah, he's a sort of... Even when Klopp's in full rage? I think in full rage, Klopp is... is I don't think prickly is the term I would use. Like Spicy? Spicy, I think sassy. Pep, Pep is like a, volcanic. Pep is a porcupine emerging from a cactus in terms of, of prickly when when he's in full like peppy uh-huh. peppy prickle mode. Yeah, um, sort of sentence is that lovely flavour, uh, Chris. Yeah. Like. Peppy but pricked Klopp, a peck of pickled peppies. But but Klopp is just straight up angry, isn't he? Mm. He's not just, he's not hiding his emotions. I okay. think with with Guardiola when he's when he's prickly, mm. he. He's trying to he's trying to not be annoyed. But isn't but that's Guardiola where the prickles come out? Isn't Guardiola always hiding his emotions? Yeah, I think so. Like, like either whether it's joy or whether it's intense, like skull burning mm. annoyance. Whereas the, the the thing is with Klopp, because he apologises for everything. Well, that's he it. can do anything he wants. Yeah. It's like you know when it, when he was with Dortmund, did he tore a strip off the the fourth official at Napoli, and he goes, "Oh, I behaved terribly." It's like, well, yeah, he did. He, he, you do see, he's uh, but of, everyone goes, "Oh, it's fine." You see him sort of check himself. Who would you rather fight, Jim? Hmm, who would I rather fight? This is a tough one. Because. Didn't think you put that much thought into it. Well, because Klopp. Is Pep not a bald fraud? Well, he is a bald fraud. Well, do him then. And he got his bald fraud of honour the other day, and that (laughs) annoyed him. But um, I feel like I would hate to punch Jurgen Klopp, and he's obviously quite a tall man. He'd he'd be. He'd batter. They'd both batter me, obviously, but I feel like Guardiola would want to win so much he might dismantle me. So I think Klopp. Um, I think Klopp and I would shake hands afterwards and then we'd probably go for a pint and it'd be nice. You get an apology. Um, Gentlemen, let's move on then uh, to the Arsenal. It wasn't 1-0 to the Arsenal. It was 2-0 to the Arsenal. Away to Wolves, who were a good team. Uh, Arteta's army uh, march on. They ended Wolves' uh, eight-match unbeaten run. Jim Campbell. 
Yeah, I was surprised by that. I was expecting that to... I wasn't expecting a win, uh, being completely honest, because the fixtures that Arsenal have are... I, th- I felt like this was the start of a particularly difficult run, and it, mm-hmm. it, it was a big test. But I was impressed by the, the functionality of the win from Arsenal, mm-hmm. actually. They, they were very, very calm. Um, Southampton-esque, you could say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, they got the second one yeah. uh, late on, but it's nice to see Lacazette getting a, a goal away from home. Great well. striker's goal. That's what yeah. I call a striker's goal, Andy. Very the touch away so. from the defender have that Jermaine Defoe esque very much so he Jermaine is in general Defoe-esque. isn't he Esque, wow. do, you, yeah. do you not think Lacazette has is, is got a touch of the Defoe's about him mm, maybe I, I feel like Lacazette's more of an all round footballer to be, I, I damning there I, 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 no I don't even no, mean he I, can I, play love, out. I love Defoe but he's but he's, Lacazette, ju- he's he's a striker and that is yeah. innately what he is. Mm. Whereas Lacazette, you can stick him on the wing and do a yeah. great job. His hold up play is, is very different mm. from from Defoe's as well. But I mean, in terms of that finishing, that that kind of like I mean, that, that particular finish it did remind me of, of Defoe and his pomp. Um, but what about Saka's goal? I mean, what a week he had. He said after signing a long term deal with Arsenal, it's been a week I'll remember my whole life. And it's always so yeah. lovely to hear stuff like that. In well, isn't that because his life's been quite short to this point? <laughs> Yeah. Well, okay, he doesn't Andy. know what he's going to remember. <laughs> yeah, let's let's not uh, marvel in, the, in, a, in a young man making it into the game. No, I've school. heard enough. Sell okay. him. Fair enough. Uh, um, <laughs> it was a well, lovely finish. It will it? be his decision, Jim. If will. he goes, though, <laughs> but it, it was a it was a lovely finish, wasn't it? Because it it was a little bit behind him, mm. and he said that he said a really interesting thing about Kieran Tierney. He said, "I know how KT crosses. He likes to put it a bit a bit, a bit behind." You think if, if you're Mike, Mikel Arteta, sort that out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's not really where yeah. you want the crosses I'm going. Fooling the defenders of yeah. this one. Well, you're fooling us too, mate. All right, but but yeah, it was a, it was a lovely composed finish from mm-hmm. him. And he was asked after the game about what his what his best position is, and he gave a very sort of correctly diplomatic answer that he's happy to play wherever wherever the manager puts him. But he was putting an amazing shift in at left back to mm-hmm. the point where people were talking about him getting an England call up as a left back for the Euros, uh, um, which yeah, of course didn't happen. Yeah. Um, and well, you know do. he's he's moved a bit further up now, but um, it's, it's, he's a fascinating prospect because I, I don't know where he's going to end up playing long term but, mm. but it might not just, be Arsenal if he goes on well, indeed. Lol. but it's just incredibly impressive wherever he's wherever he's been obviously I would hope to see him play further forward because he's got goals in him but um, it's, he's been an unexpected bright spot and in fact the, the young players that Arsenal have brought through it's been a very trying season and a very difficult season for lots of reasons but the young players have been have been the, the real bright spot from it and, and it's it's good to see them just that I think the break in the season has made made it feel like this is almost their second season mm-hmm. you know they feel a lot more part of the squad than mm-hmm. they maybe would have done if the season had finished by now and and they're a, they're a very very welcome positive yeah well Andy what do you think of Arteta and uh, in charge of Arsenal because a lot of people are saying he's the right man for the job and it's a bloody difficult job I think if you look into those eyes of his there is terror and there is anger and aggression. And dare I even <laughs> Probably say, learnt it from Pep. Dare I even say... Yeah, he has this... You know what he has? You know Pep Guardiola, you look into his eyes and you go, oh, there's Pep. Oh, let's not go too deep because I might find a little droplet of evil. And I think I think there might be a globule of evil in, in Arteta's eyes. It's, it, it wouldn't be surprised me if he was like a member of the Sith. Maybe. Mm. I think with Arteta, he's, he's better hidden because Guardiola is always like worn Stone Island and stuff like that before yeah. he's taken his current sartorial downturn that we, we're not going to get into <laughs> uh, because that brings him far too close to Mourinho as we, 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 we talked about on the ramble last week. Yeah. Uh, what is interesting about Arteta, he's a very classic Spanish gentleman. Mm-hmm. He dresses like he's just been through the menswear section at, yes. at El Corte Inglés. 
yes, you know, the big department store yeah. in, in, in Spain. Yeah. It's, all, it's all very, very proper. Mm-hmm. Um, but what really interested me about Arteta's post-match comments is how he was saying, yeah, um, that the, the lads did great, et cetera, et cetera, um, that they kept the shape, they pressed. But the manner he had to him, as mm-hmm. if, oh, yeah, we discussed it and they did it. It's no big deal. Yeah. It's a massive big deal yeah. that, that he got them to listen, that he got them to, but he to do it because it's been so uneven yeah. so far. And as you say, that's brought home what a large job it's been. Mm. But with Arteta, I think we started talking about the clothes, or at least I started talking about well, the clothes. Feel free to carry because on Because so much of it mm-hmm. is about the optics mm-hmm. i think because he has a plan he has a philosophy mm-hmm. and because his predecessor and emery's being linked with some interesting jobs at the moment including mm-hmm. benfica for example mm-hmm. um there's uh, there's there's a sense that arsenal have at least a hint of a direction mm-hmm. and, yeah. and that makes an enormous difference because his projection is so different from emery whose message was so unclear mm-hmm. I, I think that makes a huge difference to how much time he'll have to do this enormous job. And it goes down to the clothes choices. <laughs> Channeling the spirit mm. of Roxette. But I, I feel like... <laughs> yeah, I, I feel They're like, on a joyride. I mean, dress for success, sorry. <laughs> Carry on, Jim. I, I think the, uh, the, the, the hint of an idea point is, is an interesting one. And also it is a massive deal that the, the Arsenal players are simply listening to instruction. But I think a lot of that has come from him making a very clear and potentially difficult decision uh, with Guendouzi in, in one case, because Guendouzi obviously, you know, for whatever reason, he's apparently seems to be becoming a bit of a difficult character and it's evidently become some sort of problem um, in terms of, in terms of discipline. And, I guess you know, Andy would be like, you'll understand this, Andy, in particular. But he earns you, more than us. You, he saying. earns more than us. Yeah, he earns more than Neil less pay, um, <laughs> for example. But you know, when you, you're, you're working on a, you're working on a piece of writing, right? And you've got this metaphor, or you've got this thing that you want to get in there, and it's not quite working. And you think, I'll come back to that, and I'll fix that later. And then you get to later, and it's like, I'm just going to get rid of this. And then the, then it all works. The whole thing. Works. You just put it in iPhone Notes for later, exactly. don't you? Maybe you use it in a, in, a, in a future. Yeah, and that's, that's what Gwendouzi is at the moment, I feel like, because if he's becoming a bit of a problem and he's not listening, uh, which seems to be what Arteta's issue is, it's like, all right, just just bench him for a bit or not even bench him in this case. And the team is is just beneficial to it. And that is the sort of decision-making that Arsenal have needed for a while. Well, I wonder, though, Jim, if, if Gwendouzi just hasn't changed at all, because... I, I think if you look at him, he's always done exactly what he wanted yeah, on the true, pitch. True. And because there was such a, a vacuum of leadership and a vacuum of personality... An overt in sort that, of passion, if you yeah, see Yeah, like, uh, to, to, see, to see a player who wants to cover hmm. every blade of grass, whether that's useful or not, yeah, yeah, yeah. was something I, I think that was seen as a positive thing mm-hmm. by a lot, of, a lot of Arsenal supporters or even a, a lot of neutrals. I mean, I, I spoke to people who knew Grandusi pretty well from, from when he was at, at Lorient as a kid. And I remember someone um, saying to me, a director of football saying to me, when he heard Grandusi had signed for Arsenal, he's like, are you joking? <laughs> like, like, not that he wasn't talented. Yeah. But as they put it to me, um, he was a kid who would just turn up in a tiger suit one day because he felt like it. Mm. And, that's a, that's you know, a movie man Well, exactly. Yeah. And they have lacked that. They have <laughs> lacked that since, <laughs> since the way he went. And, you know, it's just, oh, well, it's, well, it's Matteo. He just yeah. does, does whatever. And so they found it very difficult to see him in this sort of elite club context. But I think, actually, if you look at Guendouzi, you know, sartorial choices notwithstanding, He's not really changed the no. whole time long. And, and that's the problem, really, isn't it? Mm. 
That is the problem, Jim. I think we can all uh, agree, gentlemen. Um, but no, but it was a great win for Arsenal, and they're on the march. Yeah, it was. They it are seems, on the march. Seems strange to end on that sort of note. It was yeah. positive <laughs> with an absolutely horrific run to come. So let's see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we shall see uh, indeed. Before we go uh, for a, a break, just very briefly, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't mind, we're going to dip uh, into uh, the championship and and the canal uh, because um, I don't know if you saw this. this. Is a tweet from Nottinghamshire Police who said officers attended. Uh, because obviously Forrest of course played their fierce rivals derby on the weekend Uh, officers uh, attended a report of persons in a canal opposite Nottingham Station a Forrest fan had jumped in to celebrate a win over local rivals unaware of the late equaliser hashtag wounded Mm. (laughs) I love that like hey we've won the derby so into the canal for me Oh, oh, bloody hell, there's been an equaliser, right? Now I look silly. Yeah. Now I look really dumb. Yes, if Chris Martin hadn't have bundled that equaliser in in the 98th minute, I'd have got away with that. I'd have been a local <laughs> legend forever. I'd have come out dry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think part of it's, though, that I think it might be have something to do with the Twitter character limit because when it says a Forest fan jumped in to celebrate, he could have been poised there on the riverbank or the side of the bridge or wherever he was. He goes, right, he's got his phone in his hand. He's pressing refresh. He's got, right, the, mi- the minute it says FT on the BBC <laughs> yeah, 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 ticker, yeah, yeah. I'm going to jump in. And you press the refresh and you slip and, and, and you're, you're away. In there. Or yeah. was, he, was he maybe on a tree and it was a tricky a tree? Oh. I don't know, ladies and gentlemen. Let's have a break. Welcome back to the Football Ramble. Now, before we look back at some of the other Premier League matches from this weekend and dip into uh, European football as well, it's time for a recap of Betway's four to score. Every week, pick the first goal scorer in Betway's four selected matches and you could be in with a chance of winning a huge jackpot. We play along as well, revealing our picks on the preview show each week. Game one was Andy's, Burnley versus Sheffield United. Andy picked Sanderberg, but it was James Tarkovsky. Vish, on his first outing in four, in, in four to score, fared much better picking Mikhail Antonio uh, for West Ham against Newcastle, who scored after four minutes. An incredible start to, to Vish's uh, four to score career, and it is a career there, so getting that right. I think I've only got one right my whole time, so he's, he's shown me up. We were back down to earth, though, with Liverpool versus Aston Villa, as Luke picked Virgil van Dijk, and it was Sadio Mane who scored after 71 minutes. And in Southampton versus Manchester City, Kate went for Phil Foden, but it was, of course, Che Adams who curled home that brilliant uh, winner after just 16 minutes. And that Che Adams goal ruined the days of two Betway customers who had Tarkovsky, Antonio and Mane going into that last game, but they didn't have Che Adams gutted because they missed out on the jackpot. So no winners means the £100,000 jackpot rolls over to this weekend. So make sure to get involved and we'll be back with another round of picks for Betway's four to score on this Friday's preview show. Back to the Premier League, ladies and gentlemen. Manchester United 5, Bournemouth 2, Mike Dean's beard. Oh, I love Mike Dean's beard Mm. because as we know, he has to be different, doesn't he? And a lot of of footballers have got like slightly too long hair because they can't get to a barber. So does this mean that Mike Dean refuses to shave his own face? Yeah. Does he have like a wet shave guy that he can't get to? Because <laughs> why is he why has he suddenly got a beard? This is a bit like, you know, when I found out Beck had like a personal grooming team that followed him on tour. That if Mike sense. Dean did, I mean that would push me over the edge. It's a bit like you know when David Beckham first grew a beard and he said, Yeah, I went camping with the kids. 
I mean, I, I don't want to like compare Mike Dean and David Beckham too closely, but you know, maybe long, that's the the rustic look he's going yeah. for. How long did he go camping with the kids? Beckham, yeah, not long, long enough to get that. Surely. You see, had a, you, a little Cockney voice came over you. Then, well, how long did he go camping with the kids oh, for? I too, so mate. Waking up in forest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I like his commitment to that. The sort of yeah, I'm going to do the whole mountain man look to show yeah. the kids what. Beards like in the wild. I don't know. I'm think... going to show them what it is to be a man. <laughs> I think. I think Deanies. You say you know the footballers. Some of them got slightly longer hair, much like ourselves, uh, and so on. I think Deanies like, like yeah. ourselves. Please don't be modest, Marcus. <laughs> but I think Deanies sort of thinking to himself, you know, like guys, I'm just like one of you. You know, mm. I, I've. I, I'm suffering as well. He's going to grow out a big one and get two like tattoo sleeves. He's going to have a proper midlife crisis. I'd like him to have Go a bit full of a, hipster. I'd love that. Bit of a, <laughs> a, a ZZ top affair. Um, but anyway, Manchester United, the Red Devils with, with another... This vintage Manchester oh, United, lads. They're flipping back, aren't they? I mean, if, if Vish was here, he'd be, uh, be cock-a-hoop, no doubt. They hadn't scored five goals at home in the Premier League since 2011. That's extraordinary. That really is, isn't it? Alex Ferguson was still in charge the last time they did wow. that. Yeah. That's what I mean with vintage Manchester United. Um, and, and under Ferguson, they'd often win these games. Sometimes they would go a goal down. They weren't kind of like five or six nil winners. Yes, they would, but they would concede the odd mm. one here and there. And then it was it, it was vintage Man United in that they went a goal down and that really annoyed them. Yes. And it was actually probably, it might have been better for Bournemouth to not have scored. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Probably <laughs> lost by less. It yeah, would have been, it was the manner of the goal as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it was taking the piss. Not many has him across slightly. 80 million pound man. David De Gea being beaten at his near post. Yeah. Um, but let's not focus on him, Andy. I want to focus on the midfield and the forwards. Matic, Pogba, Greenwood, Fernandez, Rashford, Martial. That looks very healthy. It is. It's, it's, it's very attractive. Mm. And um, I, I know we'll talk about Mason Greenwood in a minute, and mm-hmm. quite quite rightly so. But um, Bruno Fernandez is interesting. I, I'm reading a lot of chat about him on, on the weekend by... Um, People talking about his influence on on social media. Clearly, he's turned Manchester United's season around. Mm. But I have seen people claiming he would walk into any top side, Bruno Fernandes, and he would be brilliant for any top side. I love Bruno Fernandes, mm. and he was a, amazing for You've sport. You've been talking about him for years. Actually. Yeah, and uh, he's he's been seamless in the way he's transitioned to Manchester United. But I think there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is brilliant, but I think that... The, the, the reason he's settled is 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 because um, he's mature. He's he's come over older than a, a lot of players would do to the, the the Premier League. To have that sort of talent and wait till he's twenty five is is quite unusual. Mm-hmm. But he had the whole not just Portuguese football education, but the the Serie A finishing yeah. school. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's tactically adaptable and tactically tactically smart as well as having that bit of life experience. Then he got to be the, the, the cock of the walk at, at the sporting before coming over. So it's not like a, a player normally just going from sporting to Manchester mm-hmm. United, like how difficult yeah. the, the teething period was for Nani, for example. Yeah. It, was, it was nothing Cristiano like that. Ronaldo. Well, and it, it was, it was. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo as we know it. Roy Keane needed to duff him up a few times. Apparently, <laughs> the legends do believe. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure he'd manage that nowadays. Now, <laughs> now he's been doing uh, three thousand sit-ups a day for the last ten years. I, know, uh, yeah, I was Roy about to Keane. say, Andy, <laughs> the power of hell inside. <laughs> 
no, the, 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 the thing is, Roy Keane fall, falls into old man hard. That, that, is the, yeah. that is the honest truth of it. <laughs> Sorry, but, back to Fernandes. But the thing with Bruno Fernandes is what's helped him adapt so well more than anything else is the fact that he went from being the best player in the team and being able to dictate mm-hmm. at Sporting to yeah. pretty much doing the same so thing at Manchester United. He's joined the right club at the right time. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not had to fit in. Mm-hmm. He's got to really shape the team to his will he's a talent rather than the other way around he's, he's he's a leader yeah and he gets to be that leader mm-hmm. he gets to play risky passes he gets to drive the team forward he Would gets you... to really lead by example and there's loads of other top clubs you wouldn't be able to do that the well, idea that manchester he, city yeah the, how do you've gone to manchester city because i have, i thought yeah to myself, exactly this guy's surely got the pick of, of of the clubs here and i often wonder what more why I mean, it, it seems ridiculous. That's where Manchester United are. I thought to myself, well, he could have gone to a, a side who was playing better. But as you say, if he'd have gone to Manchester City, he has to fit into that system yeah. and do that. Whereas at Manchester, it's a lot United, more problematic. He can be essentially the talisman. He's the he's the he's found the club that's needed him most effectively, yeah. and they've probably sold him on that as well. Mm-hmm. So I mean, fair Tottenham, play to Ed Woodward for once. Tottenham fans might slightly disagree with you <laughs> in terms of the club that needed needed him the most. I don't recognise them. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I see. Um, let's let's uh, talk about Mason Greenwood then, Jim. Two yeah. delightful goals mm. with either foot, and there's much talk about him being uh, as good. You know, people say, "Well, I genuinely don't know which his preferred side is." Yeah, absolutely, and I, I would be one of those people. Um, I f- forget who it was that said, "If you asked him, he wouldn't know." I think that's probably a stretch. Um, <laughs> if he doesn't know, then yeah. none of us know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's his 14th goal of the season, wasn't it? The second, and it's it sort of. 14th 14th yeah blimey it's, it's 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 crazy he's having a really really good season and it's the power that he's hit that mm-hmm. that first one with i thought at first maybe the goalkeeper should have done better but actually like he's you know fair play he's just he's just annihilated that ball but it's the everyone talks about his attitude as well and you can see that on the pitch he looks like a player i think he's actually 15 I honestly thought you were going to say he's actually got four <laughs> yeah. i'm i'm gobsmacked i mean i don't doubt you let's have a look at who scored that's, did you know he's got that many? No, but I, I don't count Europa League goals, just like uh, Jim doesn't <laughs> recognise Tottenham. <laughs> Such a git. So he's got five in Europa League, eight in the Premier League. Do you know what? That's incredible. And he's got one in the FA Cup, one in the League Cup. This so, is never going to stop, is it? Yeah, and then one in the Johnston's Paint Trophy. All right. For the Academy team, hilariously. Is that the 15th then? So he's got... To be fair, if that's the one you've missed out, yeah, is this is this this season? I mean, this is his debut season altogether, isn't it? I don't know. Go on the Premier League website. Yeah, do it. well. That will only have Premier League goals, then, won't it? Yes, it will. <laughs> uh, no, I thought it would have been more. Mm. I think that's fifteen. Right, if someone calls me out on it, then I'll I'll happily go to bat on that. But I'm I'm comp- yeah. So is it a question of you're not sure if it's fourteen or fifteen, or you're not sure if it's eight or fifteen? No, I'm not. It's not. I'm not sure if it's fourteen or. 15. I say so. Just say he I'm scored what sure fourteen 15. or fifteen goals. Yeah. Just say that. Um, so, uh, I said you. Uh, I'm just trying to trace it back. You said uh, he doesn't know which foot is, and I said, well, if he doesn't know, then none of us know. Mm. And then, so shall, shall I just come in cleanly? He's got 14, 15 goals across. Just say that, yeah. 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 So he's got 14 or 15 goals, mm. something like that, across various competitions already. Yeah, which a is a much higher talent than I think. Exactly, yeah. right? And I think um, 
actually, it makes me kind of happy that he isn't being touted as the next Pele, as as you know, mm. as players in a similar position would have been in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, what I find really interesting is, is a lot of people saying, "Well, if you know, do Man United actually need Jadon Sancho?" And it's like, yeah, I think they still need to strengthen. They still need <laughs> to put some depth in there. But you know, the idea of those two playing together is 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 very very exciting, and he looks. Uh, he not he looks not just a prospect for the future. He looks like a mainstay for now. Does which this make is such you, a rare thing, Jim? Does this make you not buy Jaden Sancho? And obviously, they're doing very well at not buying Jaden Sancho by saying mm. we're not going to go over fifty million. Yeah. I think they would be better off strengthening in other areas potentially. But do you? Do you I think the thing with with that kind this, of money. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what they have available to them. So obviously, that's going to make a make a difference. But I think the the thing with Man United is that. We, we talk about this front line they've got in this game. Mm-hmm. That's, that's all well and good. But mm. past that, the drop-off mm, yeah. is quite big. Well, I would say they, they need more depth. Well, at least a, 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 some sort of proper forward. I know Martial's done pretty well. And yeah. what, a, what a goal he scored. But to give him another option, I think, really. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean... Latin three at the end of the season? Oh, well... Yes, please. Come on. He, well, he'll never stop, so he, he will always be open to the, the, some of the bigger clubs. Um I mean, but also the the defensive situation. I know they have some sort of decent centre halves like Lindelof and Maguire and so on. <laughs> when you see Eric Bailly give away a penalty like that, that is. Uh, <laughs> do you think to trying to wave to the ball or something? <laughs> wasn't wasn't that Matic's fault for the pass though? Well, yeah, but I understand Matic is, is is a ridiculous pass. But the worst Matic does is give away a corner. And whereas Eric Bailly's you know response to that is, well, I don't want to give away a corner, yeah. so I better give away a penalty. I just don't think he expects it there. How much does he so not like trust? The way that Matic hit it, I, it you could have been Andy, forgiven for Andy. saying it was a beach ball. Andy, but, but come Andy, on. if you throw me your car keys and then I dive in your car and crash it into a lake, <laughs> it's not on you, is it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. How much does he not I trust? I put the handbrake on. How much <laughs> does he not trust David De Gea with crosses that he'd rather give away a penalty <laughs> than a corner? That's what I want to know, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. My goodness. Uh, what, what about Bournemouth themselves? They're struggling big time. Um, yeah. Fortunately for them, they host uh, Spurs this week. Lol. Um, but after that, they've got Leicester, Manchester City, Southampton and Everton. And obviously, including Spurs in that list, joking aside, Jim. Um, they, they, I mean, they are one point from safety uh, and uh, a bit of goal difference chat and so on, although it's, it's quite similar. But you look at that running, Andy. I mean... That running looks worse even a week ago than it does now. Yeah. I think that that's the one positive thing you can yeah. you can say for for Bournemouth in this situation. I mean, really, the problem is them, though, isn't it? Mm. It's it's not anything else. I mean, what have they lost sixteen out of out of twenty one now. Yeah, something like that. I mean, it's it's a terrible state, and they just they just don't look to be responsive anymore, do they? No, and, and that's the problem, isn't it? I think with I think you know we're assuming Norwich are down. So Bournemouth are that last one where you'd you'd look at their run with a bit of terror, but actually because they don't look responsive, I don't think it matters what that run looks like. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, they, yeah. they look just as likely to lose to Norwich as they would to Liverpool. Yeah, it's just though, the body we, language. We saw this a few months ago. I think was it not before the lockdown? Or, it must have been when Eddie Howe was looking. He looked dejected. He looked. Mm. He looks, looks like he doesn't know what to do. Yeah, he looks scared. And you thought to yourself, this club is really sort of almost like moulded around uh, Howe. You know, he's been he's presi- uh, he's presided over the most incredible period you you would argue of their history and getting them in the top flight and yeah. establishing them as a Premier League side. You know, absolutely remarkable job. And even if they do go down, he's it's still a 
remarkable job mm. and it would be a great shame if they changed coach. We'll have to see if they go down and if they did that. So so there's still, um, you know, still a, a, an incredible period House had whatever happens at the end of this season. Let's well, be clear about that. Well, Vish and I were both saying last week how really the, Bournemouth identify too strongly with him and he identifies too strongly with yeah. with Bournemouth. And of course, they're way past the point where firing him, even if that was yeah. possible. So if they identify too much we'll with make him a difference. and then he's looking a bit scared, what does that 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 show you know you, you you could say with with other clubs i mean to a sort of lesser and slot bit of a different degree and, and i might be tangling tangling us up unnecessarily but say like with pochettino and spurs you know when 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 it was all kind of beginning to kind of slow down inertia sets you know we see that spurs still haven't really got out of that as i say not maybe not a brilliant um, a, a parallel to choose but but with how at bournemouth like you, you worry and they don't look like they have any sort of I don't know, sort of a spark there to, to try mm. and get it. I mean, Aston Villa will be looking at, at, at Grealish as, as they always do, although Graham Souness was saying how, well, if you get fouled that much, then you're doing something wrong. And oh, I'd love to play against him. You know, when Souness gets all competitive yeah. and starts putting his shin pads on, and you go, all right, Graham, that's enough. But of the sides down there, I, I would say that, that Villa might have a, a better chance of getting out of it than Bournemouth. But uh, it's looking bleak. And I, Luke has been very clear in, in, in recent weeks on the ramble as, 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 his, as his three that will go down. And with the ferryman picking up the odd point now and again with West Ham, mm. you would think it looks pretty bleak for Bournemouth and Aston Villa. But it is still tight down there, ladies and gentlemen. It's still very tight and it's all uh, to play for. Uh, before we go to Germany, Jamie Vardy. Jamie Bloody Vardy. He has scored 101 Premier League goals in, what was it, his 206th Premier League appearance. Absolutely remarkable, yeah. considering he made his Premier League debut at the age of 27. He's reached the, uh, he's a centurion in, in the Premier League now. He was handed a, a little commemorative trophy by the club, presented by Brendy Rogers. I mean, come on. You know, <laughs> if there's anyone who needs to be thanked, uh, actually, Rogers did say he was like, I'm very proud of the fact that I was here when Jamie Vardy did that. And I was like, yes, yeah. yes, Brendan, you are a part of this delicious narrative. There goes Jamie Vardy. I must remember to thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but it was not, he got given a little sort of silver fox thing. But amazing, Andy. That, like, I know we go on about Vardy and he was playing for. I thought he'd been given enough for that day already after his first goal. <laughs> <laughs> really? What but a way I to love, do it. I love the way he, he missed that chance. It's like, oh, am I ever going to score again? Mm. And, and literally 15 seconds later, he yeah, was yeah. being presented with a goal. And, and that... Harvey Barnes like got a, got a big old yes. hug from Vardy, isn't it? Because Vardy isn't really one to sort of... Well, it would look weird if he'd have hugged the defender. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it, that would have been more in character, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it would have been. Well, like, Barnes just said... swearing in his face. <laughs> ah, I done you, I done you. Uh, Barnes got two assists, or, or Harvey two assists, as he's now called, Andy. But um, it was a great goal, the second one. Just let it go, thanks. Um, it was a great, the second goal. Uh, it was vintage Vardy, as he yeah. sort of powdered on, on, on the goalkeeper. He's three behind Didier Drogba, apparently, and he's done it in 50 fewer games. Here's to 99 <laughs> more, you absolute... Maniac, I love it. <laughs> He's a flipping. <laughs> He's my favourite player in the league. <laughs> a false slash freak of nature. Yeah, it, it's just, it's such a unique set of circumstances with Vardy, isn't yeah. it? He just revels in it, and he's it's very un-English in the kind of and yet very ways. English. <laughs> yeah, it, it, in terms of it's just it's very English in like it, you'd expect to meet a character like that, mm -hmm. like pool shark in you in a pub. Yep. Not playing in the Premier League, <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 and just just that reveling in 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 
succeeding and being confident yeah. and I, I love it I can't imagine him ever like slowing down and I mean that sort of emotionally and physically do you know mm. what I mean like, I can't it's all the Red Bull yeah <laughs> what, what is he 33 I think 30 something like that I can't imagine a through ball like, even when he's like 45 if like there's a ball even walking down the park he'll be onto yeah. it it's just a remarkable player remarkable right Len let's move over to Germany it was the DFB Pokal final as I believe they don't pronounce it in Germany uh, Bayern Munich they won convincingly who would who would have predicted such a result Andy it's a shock yes they beat the uh, the company's 11 Jim yeah, your boys but do you still care about Bayer Leverkusen uh, yeah a little bit do you okay I stopped caring pretty quickly after Andy gave me uh, FC Köln well, they did their best to shake you off, didn't they? They did bloody well. With, with their dreadful form. It doesn't take much to shake me off, I tell you. <laughs> if they wore England kits, though, I'd be into it. Um, but yeah, the, the, the treble is on, Andy, for Bayern. Yeah, uh, it's, it certainly is. There, there was never really much doubt about it. Um, they were excellent, particularly in the, in, in the first half. They had a few little wobbles. And really, the moment that turned it is where Kevin Volant was played in by Musa Diaby, who had a really good game. Volant, very reliable striker, eight yards out against Manuel Neuer, no defenders in the way, takes a total air shot. And very shortly after that, uh, Neuer comes out on one of his wanders, uh, clears the ball upfield. Lewandowski takes the volley really early after it comes straight to him from Neuer's kick. I mean, honestly, it was besant to fashion. It was yeah. magnificent. But Lewandowski hit it so early that... Based uh, to fashion it. Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. <laughs> the, um, Lucas Fredetsky, the, the Leverkusen goalkeeper, just was, was, was a bit panicked by it, really. Didn't get his feet yeah. in the right place, fumbled it in the back of the net, all over. So while the tail of the dog wagged a little bit for Leverkusen, or Neverkusen, as mm. they are known in Germany, ah, because they've, they've, uh, they've not won a, a, a trophy since 1993 now. Yeah. I mean, th this is nothing compared to the oh. 11 days in 2002 where yeah. they blew Cup, League and Champions League. But still, it does feel as if they're... They're kind of jinxed. Although the minute you're in a final with Bayern, you yeah. know you're jinxed. Mm -hmm. But really, all the talk afterwards wasn't really about the cup final itself because we assumed that, that they would get to the second leg and set themselves up for the possibility of the treble when the Champions League comes back. It was about the future mm -hmm. of a couple of the players. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Thiago Alcantara, who's hugely talented, of course. He Has, has he said that he, he might fancy a move abroad? Is that the, the sort of rumblings? Well, uh, another another challenge, a final challenge, was how Karl Heinz Rummenigge okay. put it that he was leaning in that direction because both him and David Alaba only have a year left on their contract. Now th there are two sides to this, and Rummenigge said, "Look, we're, we're going all out to keep Alaba, and he's been hugely influential for them playing a, mm -hmm. a centre back." Um, and he's helped Alfonso Davis come on as well. He's been next to him, sort of talking him through the games. And um, Alaba's more valuable than ever. Scored the first goal in this cup final with an yes. absolutely unbelievable free kick as well. Mm -hmm. But Thiago's an interesting one because obviously Liverpool fans reading the speculation, a lot of mm -hmm. them are very excited about it, particularly because he's maybe the one sort of player they lack. You know, that sort of threading the needle yeah. type mm -hmm. player. I have a few little doubts over whether this would be a great pickup for Liverpool mm -hmm. because he is, it's not that he's 29, it's that he's taken a lot of injuries and you know he's, he's rarely started more than 25 league games in a season. So to go to Liverpool, to the Premier League, 
I wonder if it's a little bit of a stretch, yeah. given his injury record, given that relative fragility. And how much running you have to do in that Liverpool midfield. Mm. Yeah. But I mean, Bayern are, you know, obviously they're not, they're not at the intensity of the Pep Guardiola days, but they're still, it's still a comparable work rate, is it not? Yeah, I think that's true. And I think it's interesting how in the, in the final stanza of the season, he's been less missed because you've had Joshua Kimmich is in midfield now and Leon Goretzka has come on and on and on. And I wonder if there's half a sense of, you know what, if, if he goes, like, it, it's a shame, but maybe we can do without him. I mean, Leon Goretzka, just to underline how much muscle he's put on, <laughs> when they were doing the the trophy lift, when they won the league at Wolfsburg last week, they're all having their little thing to create atmosphere because obviously they're celebrating yeah. the league in this empty mm-hmm. stadium. Goretzka goes up to um, lift the trophy. And as he starts lifting it, you've got a teammate on either side, pulls his shirt sleeve back and starts tapping his big muscles. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Lewandowski jumped in the trophy and then he picked it up without care of the world. <laughs> I swear, he's put on so much muscle, he's put on height. You know what I mean? Like, it really looks that yeah. way, doesn't it? One of the things that, uh, if we can just go back to David Alaba, that I'm, I'm surprised that, you know, I'm, well, I'm not surprised that Bayern are trying to keep him so much because of because of what a great player he is and what a versatile player he is. But how is he still only 28 years old? It feels like he's been <laughs> around forever. Yeah, I, th- I think that's something that's accentuated by the fact that he's played every single position for Austria. Yes, probably yeah. even goalkeeper, even though I don't remember it. And also, he made it. He was really young when he when he made his debut for Bayern. I think. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. He was indeed. Uh, well. Talking of veterans of, of European football, we go to La Liga. Uh, Sergio Ramos. Sergio Ramos. I mean, what is Ramos now? 34, is he? Again, a bit like Vardy. I can never imagine him just sort of stopping and, and not doing his routine of, yeah. of shithousery and then scoring vital goals. Mm. He, he, what was it? His 22nd consecutive penalty he'd scored. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, and he's become like the, th- the only the third uh, La Liga defender in the last 40 years to score 10 goals or more in a season. That's, Fernando but, Hierro in there? Yeah, yeah. and uh, Ronald Koeman. Of, of course. course. Oh, yeah. Ronnie Kay. What, what lustrous company. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's decent. Um, but yeah, Ra- I mean, Ramos, it just, it's incredible. Real Madrid and Barcelona, obviously, it's, 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 there's a proper title race there. Madrid have got the advantage. But it's Ramos's coolness and sharpness and naughtiness, Andy, that's, that's dragging them over the line currently. Yeah, because or, or, or threatening. I to. don't know if the more satisfying thing of their mm. win at Athletic Bilbao was his beautifully taken penalty, mm. or the fact that five minutes before <laughs> he pretends to fall over and stands on Danny Garcia's ankle. Yeah. Now this is either epically stupid mm. or you know, cunningly brilliant, depending on on which way you look at it. I mean, defending-wise, he's still a loose cannon, but he's just such an all-round incredible player. Yeah. And you used that word earlier, talisman. Mm. I mean, he's absolutely unsycoutable. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that experience is extraordinary. When you think of, you know, Manuel Neuer and Bayern taking the piss out of him for missing that penalty mm. in the, the, the 2012 Champions League semi-final shootout, obviously he got his... Own yeah. back when they got to the final, <laughs> but but still, you you can never imagine him clouting a penalty miles over the top. Now, no. it, it just it just wouldn't happen. Mm. I mean, we, we, Ramos too. It just he's absolute box office in our generation, or or, or let's say Ramos's generation. To be more, one of the most entertaining players, let yeah. alone defenders. Let alone, oh, sorry, 
the defenders. Humans. Yes, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it, it was remarkable. Yeah, it really, really is because it's not just the the quality of his play and what he's won and and the, the goals and 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 you know that this new kind of found dead eyed penalty specialism, but mm-hmm. it, it is the. Um, it's it's the shithousery mm. and how he actually uses it in a way that unsettles other teams to the point where it is a genuine huge advantage to Madrid. It is mm. they will. I mean, how do you replace that? Yeah, it's it's irreplaceable, isn't it? That that this guy can sort of just have this kind of charismatic effect mm. on 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 his opponents. I did enjoy. Um, I I watched. Um, some commentary on this game that was clearly somebody speaking in their second language where he des- described the, the, the situation as a trod. Yeah. Uh, the, the penalty was given for a trod. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm into that. I'm gonna, I think we should try and sort of usher that in. But can I also say, just while we're on Madrid, we've spoken a lot and I've spoken a lot about um, the hair of players and mm. players with slightly too much hair. I think Marcelo looks cooler than anyone <laughs> than anyone else in football at the moment his his slightly too big hair suits him so much because he's grown a slightly too big beard to mm. go with it and it's yes more Marcelo indeed um, before we uh, finish Andy obviously little mention for that Griezmann goal Messi back heel assist oh my goodness and it was this would have been the the weekend that finished the league mm. if round uh, if Barcelona sorry had lost at Villarreal which was a distinct possibility because mm. Villarreal were in, in great form but it all clicking all of a sudden and um, Messi who actually does pass to Griezmann quite a lot as it happens mm-hmm. um, brilliant back heel and wonderfully finished chip mm. by Griezmann lovely very satisfying hug mm. between the two of them and as, as well we, we, we have to say Luis Suarez who is certainly not going quietly from this Barcelona mm-hmm. front uh, three or two or w- whichever way they do it two plus one as it was um, a Villarreal last night conversation Um uh, Luis Suarez is now the equal third goal scorer of all time for Barcelona. He's level with Ladislao Kubala with wow. 194 goals. Second is Cesar Rodriguez with 230. So I, I still think it takes a bit of imagination who's, to imagine who, who's top? Suarez catching it. The thing <laughs> is, he's not just top. He's top by a margin of 400 goals. It's Romario. <laughs> 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 oh, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. Like, and I, I, yeah, I, I think I don't think I'll ever get bored of of waxing lyrical about about Messi and Ronaldo as well and the ridiculous records that they've set. It is a and nor should privilege. you. Nor, nor should we. Talking of records, this is where we're going to end the show, ladies and gentlemen, because that is all very impressive stuff, I think, absolutely. But this is very, very impressive as well. In Serie A, big Gianluigi Buffon set a new Serie A appearance record, playing in his 600th and 48th match, overtaking the great Paolo Maldini at the age of 42, 43. It's just phenomenal. He did it in a 4-1 win yeah. over their local rivals Torino It's well. amazing, isn't it? And it's, it's also phenomenal that... that that the person who held that record was an outfield player. Yeah, like you look back and obviously it's Maldini, but it's, that's when when there's a player that's made that many appearances, oh. it is so often a goalkeeper. Yeah, but it's Buffon. It's just I know this is a theme of this show, but again, I can't imagine Buffon stopping. No, he's going he's to play, play again next year. Yeah, so who knows how long it will will be? Because he's he's played a few more than we've expected. But going back, like all the 
all the time. So when that debut was made, I think that was the last time that Cristiano Ronaldo scored a free kick mm. before the one that he scored against Torino this yeah. weekend. Yeah, his first in 43 attempts for Juventus. It feels like more. <laughs> but well, just to put it in perspective, when Buffon made his debut in 1995, it was for Palmer, I think, where, um, Up on the Roof by Robson and Jerome was number one in November 1995. <laughs> Gangster's Paradise by Coolio was number two. And Wonderful, slightly on the way, and it peaked at number two. It was at number four in the charts. That's when that man made his wow. Serie A debut. Absolutely remarkable, ladies and gentlemen. And we'll finish the show on that note. Uh, a lot of record-breaking chat there by our very own record-breakers, Andy Brassel and Jim Campbell. It's an absolute pleasure. Uh, on tomorrow's show, Kate, Pete and Vish will be in your ears. So do look out for that. But until then, cheery bye. This was a Stakhanov production.